Welcome to the pickup. I'm Kevin Walsh and the NFL Combine coming to a close. We are very, very close now to the beginning of NFL free agency, as well as in the NBA. A little bit less, probably now than 20 games left in the regular season for most teams. We're going to talk about that, but I want to start in the NFL and specifically with what is right now the biggest story surrounding the NFL draft and it impacts pretty much everything and it's what the Arizona Cardinals are going to do with the number one overall pick last year they traded up to draft Josh Rosen their season did not go as planned obviously finishing with the worst record in the league and firing First-year head coach Steve Wilkes only got a year on the job. This offseason, they bring in Cliff Kingsbury, and I thought that that was a great signing because I think that he has the potential to succeed as an offensive head coach in this league, and pairing him with Josh Rosen was a great deal. But now, there are questions around Cliff Kingsbury wanting Kyler Murray to be his guy and the question of are the Arizona Cardinals actually going to trade Josh Rosen after trading up to get him after only one year so they can select Kyler Murray at number one overall I want to go back to the genesis of this idea this all began when a video surfaced of Cliff Kingsbury saying that he would take Kyler Murray if he had the first pick in the draft he would take Kyler Murray the context of that, though, is Cliff Kingsbury said that while he was employed as the head coach of Texas Tech before a game, so that's sort of coach speak. I also don't think that Cliff Kingsbury envisioned himself taking the leap of going from Texas Tech to running a coach, a, running a team in the NFL. What's even more important to add is at the time, Kyler Murray was 100% set on playing baseball. So none of it seemed like a reality. Plus, you also have to then factor in at the time, Kingsbury didn't have the choice between a Josh Rosen or a Kyler Murray. And I originally thought that that video was the only reason we were having this conversation. But as things have developed, as Kyler Murray has made his intentions to play in the NFL clear, this conversation has stuck around. It has gotten to the point where we have an idea of what teams will be interested in acquiring Josh Rosen if made available. And to me, this comes down to the situation where the Arizona Cardinals are either making a catastrophic mistake or playing this thing perfectly. What would be the catastrophic mistake is trading away Josh Rosen for Kyler Murray. Simple as this. Josh Rosen is a better quarterback. For me, if he was in this draft, Josh Rosen is the clear top quarterback. I don't think there would be anyone on the same tier as him. Josh Rosen, for me, in the last year's stacked quarterback group, was my number one quarterback. And I stand by that, even after seeing Baker Mayfield have great moments, the great promise from Sam Darnold, Lamar Jackson making a playoff game. I would still take Josh Rosen because I saw the promise, I saw him have those big moments, and he was in an awful situation in Arizona and the general manager Steve Kime of the Cardinals has said so himself I think moving on from Rosen for Murray is a massive mistake there's some conversation of he needs uh Cliff Kingsbury needs Kyler Murray to run his system that is not true at all Kingsbury is not running an offense that is predicated on the quarterback running the ball Right, Because that's the big difference between Rosen and Murray. As far as passers go, Rosen is, far, is, is a 
far, far superior thrower of the football. So give me Josh Rosen 10 times out of 10. But here's why I offered the other, the alternate scenario that the Arizona Cardinals might just be playing this thing perfectly. Because the ideal scenario for the Arizona Cardinals is not drafting Kyler Murray at one. It's not drafting at one period. The best situation for the Cardinals is trading out of number one. They have so many holes on this roster that they need to acquire assets, high-end assets. And the best way to do that is trading that number one overall pick in order to ensure that they get the top value. They need to create the idea that they might be taking the first quarterback off the board in order to take a team like the Raiders or the Giants or maybe if the Jaguars still look quarterback or the Broncos, whatever it may be, to get those teams interested that if they believe Kyler Murray is their guy, then they're going to have to come all of the way up to number one, knock the socks off the Cardinals to prevent them from making that decision on their own. And that is, to me, what I believe this Cardinals team is doing. I can't imagine that they saw the value in trading a first, a third, and a fifth to get Josh Rosen just to flip him after one year when they admitted by firing all of last year's staff that it was an awful situation to put Rosen in. My expectation is that Kyler Murray will go number one in this upcoming draft. I do not believe it will be to the Arizona Cardinals, and I think they're going to end up getting a haul for that number one overall pick. Let's transition to another quarterback situation where we have the report now that all signs indicate Nick Foles is going to take over in Jacksonville, which is really, really interesting. It's it, but it's not very surprising. When, once the, the situation played out with Foles and Philadelphia, it became pretty clear that Jacksonville was the landing spot. The question now is, is this the correct decision for Jacksonville? And for me, without a doubt, yes. I look at this roster, and for me, the, I... I feel like they are closer to the team that went to an AFC Championship game, and if they had better quarterback play, would have met Nick Foles in the Super Bowl two years ago than the bottom seven team that we saw last year. Bortles was awful last year, and once things started to spiral, they just had no control over anything. But a lot of the core players of the team that made that AFC Championship run still remain. What I think they need in a quarterback is someone who gives them stability and someone that you can trust late in games to make big plays. You just want a guy that is not going to cost you football games. Nick Foles is a high-variance quarterback, so maybe stability isn't the right word, but in a way, you know that you're going to get that from Foles, right? As to where a rookie, a Kyler Murray, a Dwayne Haskins, you're not sure what you're going to get because you just haven't seen them play in the league yet. And for me, with the Jaguars, the way things are constructed, you don't know how long this window will be open. But if this team adds Nick Foles, which it looks like they will, and then at 7, they add another offensive weapon, DK Metcalf out of Ole Miss, the wide receiver, TJ Hawkinson, the tight end out of Iowa, are my two favorite selections that they could possibly make at 7. 
with maybe a couple pieces here and there in free agency, this team can make another run. It's going to require that defense going to getting back to form. But if it does, then you know you have a guy with Nick Foles that as long as he has a chance, you might be able to win that football game. And more importantly, more often than not, he is not going to be costing you football games single-handedly the way that Blake Bortles would. I think there's plenty of time down the road to draft your quarterback of the future. I think that this is the move right now for this team. Bring Nick Foles in, look to be competitive, not just get back to the playoffs, win your division, and see what you can do because you have special players in that building. On good contracts, Jalen Ramsey, Leonard Fournette, Miles Jack. Take advantage of it, add Nick Foles, and see what you can do. It's not going to be some outrageous five-year Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Garoppolo contract. That's I, I would be shocked if that's what it would. By the guaranteed money, it's likely going to be probably a two-year deal. Two years of Nick Foles, go try and compete, see how far it takes you, and after that, reassess where you are. I love this move for Jacksonville, and I think this absolutely puts them on the path back to the postseason. One more thing to talk about in football before I want to I want to get to the Celtics and the NBA is Antonio Brown. We're getting a list now of teams that are reportedly interested in AB. The six teams that were listed by some of the top reporters were the Packers, the Cardinals, the Raiders, the Titans, the Broncos, and the Washington Redskins. We've already had the Broncos come out though and say that they are not interested. So that just leaves five teams. Packers, Cardinals, Titans, Redskins, Raiders. Now, to me, I look at that list and the Green Bay Packers stand out. If you remember, last episode, I talked about the Packers and their ability to make that move for Antonio Brown and the fact that it makes a ton of sense for them. But now, I look at this list and it becomes very realistic to envision this getting done. To me, this is the Packers deal to lose. They should have this done because there's a timeline on it. The Steelers came and asked Antonio Brown if he would waive his his roster bonus that is due on March 17th, an extra $2.5 million. Of course he said no, which gives you a timeline. Two weeks, a little less than two weeks from today, they're going to need to move Antonio Brown off that roster. So how do the rest of these teams stack up to what the Packers can offer? Well, you see the Cardinals right away, they're not offering the number one overall put the number one overall pick. If they feel so inclined to offer their first pick in the second round, the Packers easily top that by offering the 30th overall selection in round one. So no doubt about it, they can beat what the Cardinals put out there. Then you take a team like the Titans or a team like the Redskins, right? Where the Redskins are picking at 15, the Titans are picking at 19. Well, the Packers have the 12th pick to move in front of those teams, but also, the timeline factors in here, specifically for the Redskins. They are now going to have to wait for the Kyler Murray, Josh Rosen, Arizona Cardinals situation to play out. They are the team most heavily linked to getting Josh Rosen. 
And this decision, I don't believe, will be made before March 17th. There's no reason for the Cardinals to make that call more than a month out. Continue to drum up the value, drum up the hype, and see what the return can be on either the number one overall pick or a Josh Rosen. So that right away will pull the Redskins out because I think they're going to want to make sure that they have that number 15 selection if that's what it's going to take to get Josh Rosen. As far as the Titans go, they're drafting 19. That can easily be topped by what I mentioned on the last episode of the 12, 12 and 30 for 20 and Antonio Brown. The 12th pick the Packers have, the 30th pick the Packers have, you trade that for the Steelers at, for number 20 overall and Antonio Brown. At that clearly, to me, tops simply the 19th overall pick from the Tennessee Titans. And there's also a lot of doubt that AB is even going to net a pick of that value. All that leaves is the Oakland Raiders. Now, the Raiders do have 24 and 27. And maybe they'd be willing to part ways with that in order to get Antonio Brown. Luckily for the Packers, the timeline plays a factor here once again. There's a lot of chatter that the Oakland Raiders are very, very interested in Kyler Murray. And I believe it. I believe that this organization wants Kyler Murray. I absolutely can see John Gruden wanting to wanting to make that move. I think that he should be patient in going out and drafting a quarterback. I think that he should be taking his time. But you know what? He's got a 10-year deal. Kyler Murray's probably not going to be the last quarterback that this guy drafts throughout this process because he just can't help himself. I'm not surprised, and I buy it. But if it is true then the Raiders can't afford to move on from 24, 27, even their first pick in the second round before the Kyler Murray decision is made if they want to be in those sweepstakes. So that pretty much only leaves the Packers from that list. Maybe a team like the Eagles wants to get in. Maybe a team like the Colts wants to get involved. But the Packers should have the assets to top those outside teams. And as far as the list goes... This is the Packers' deal to lose. We are less than two weeks away from a decision on Antonio Brown's next team being made, and right now all signs indicate that his next location, his next destination, will be the Green Bay Packers. All right, so when we look at the NBA right now, the biggest story is the Los Angeles Lakers and what is right now an incredibly disappointing season. But the only team that is contending with the Lakers for most disappointing year is the Boston Celtics. And the Boston Celtics right now are in tatters. They are having one of the worst seasons relative to expectations on and off court that I could remember. This is a team that was expected to be the best in the Eastern Conference, potentially have the best record in the NBA 60-plus wins. They were maybe, if all came back well and developed right, challenge the Golden State Warriors. Jason Tatum supposed to be an all-star. Jalen Brown continue his improvement as well as setting themselves up to win the Anthony Davis sweepstakes whenever it came along. And they had Kyrie Irving tell them preseason that he wanted to be back in Boston, that it was the place for him. He went as far as to have a commercial with his father where he talked about his jersey hanging up in the rafters. 
Well, Jason Tatum wasn't an all-star, and he actually regressed, and so did Jalen Brown. Terry Rozier, early in the year, had a trade request that was kind of swept under the rug, but it doesn't look like that ever really got settled. They're not the best team in the Eastern Conference, or the second, or the third, or the fourth. They're the fifth seed right now, so they won't even get home court in a round one matchup in the Eastern Conference conference. There has been infighting within this team all season long. Anthony Davis finally requested the trade, but did so at a time where it was made clear he did not want to be a Boston Celtic. And if that wasn't enough for you, his father came out and said he didn't want his son to be a Boston Celtic, and now Kyrie Irving has completely disengaged from this organization, gone back from saying that he wanted to be a Boston Celtic to saying he doesn't owe anybody a damn thing, and saying that you can ask him on July 1st whether he's going to be in Boston or not. Every single press conference he gives, he looks further and further away from this team, a report just came out that pretty much his friendships begin, hit the start and end with Jason Tatum. So, this Boston Celtics season has gone, I mean, it's been, it's been almost impossibly bad. Everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. So, what is the big takeaway from this whole thing? And... Look, there's ways to find a bright side, right? Like, maybe they draw the Sixers round one, and this is the team that they've had success against, and they beat them. Maybe Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have good postseason series again, and that helps increase their value, uh, whether it be in the in your own eyes or in a potential trade partner. But that's about as good as it's going to get. I mean, that's about as good as it is going to get for this Celtics team. And more important than anything, right now, Kyrie Irving, at the beginning of the year, is he staying, is he going? Probably 80-20, he was staying. As the season progressed, maybe 50-50. When those comments came out saying that he doesn't know anybody anything and talked to me on July 1st, maybe started to swing in favor that he wasn't going to go, or that he wasn't going to stay. Now... It's 80-20 that Kyrie Irving is out. And that has a trickle-down effect like no other. Because if Kyrie is out, then the Jason Tatum-Anthony Davis trade that everybody's expecting is not happening. Because they can't lose Kyrie and then bring Anthony Davis in and then watch him leave the next season for absolutely nothing. Which... Considering the biggest thing that they thought would get AD to come was Kyrie Irving, they absolutely would. So Kyrie goes, AD goes, plus then there becomes conversation around how attractive is this destination actually because of the fact that Kyrie left and AD doesn't want to be there. There's conversation around Brad Stevens and his ability to coach stars. There just is. All of these things are very, very real for the Boston Celtics. I mean, the fact that the on-court product doesn't match up as well. I mean, this team went to the Eastern Conference Finals two years in a row. They won 50-plus games. They, They would count their lucky stars to see an Eastern Conference Finals appearance this year. But to me, 
there there's no doubt about it this does this goes beyond this very much so goes beyond the Boston Celtics on court product Will when the playoffs come, we'll give you know I'll give my predictions as to how they're going to fare in the in the playoffs. What matters the most is that Kyrie Irving is is leaving the Boston Celtics, and the reality of this this whole thing is not only does it seem like Kyrie wants out. I mean, it seems like the the Celtics fans and teammates want Kyrie out. That is the impact that truly truly matters and it's a double-sided impact i i kind of just briefly said it but let me emphasize once again Kyrie leaves the celtics are out of the anthony davis sweepstakes point blank period no conversation they will not make that deal they will not give jason tatum up they'll probably try not even to give up jalen brown if all of a sudden Kyrie irving is gone and that is a massive blow to the New Orleans Pelicans because that takes another team out of the race that you were anticipating not only being in the race, it was your favorite potential trade partner. When Kyrie Irving goes, they're out of the Anthony Davis sweepstakes. That is a massive effect. And keep that in mind as things continue to develop. When you talk about the Pelicans and leverage and where they're going to be sending Anthony Davis, if the Celtics are out and the Knicks miss out on Zion, this is exactly what I told you a month ago. Lakers. It's the Lakers. Maybe the Clippers. That's about it. That's about it. So Kyrie Irving right there has a massive impact on what happens with Anthony Davis and the future of the Celtics and the future of the Pelicans. But it also has a massive impact on where does Kyrie Irving go. There are two obvious destinations. There's the conversation around him going to New York with Kevin Durant for the two max contracts that they have. And there's the conversation around him signing with the Lakers and rejoining with LeBron James. Of those two, I think there's a third option. I'll talk about it. Of those two, my expectations right now, including the third option that I will mention as to what is the most likely outcome, I think that Kyrie is heading to the Los Angeles Lakers. Those two, the departure, the split from Cleveland, I think was a little ugly. I think there were hard feelings. You, I remember that that press conference that LeBron gave when when they were asking questions about Kyrie. You could see there was disdain in his voice after the decision that was made by Kyrie Irving. But since that day that Kyrie made a point publicly to say that he called LeBron to apologize, which also doubled, not only <laughs> did it show that him and LeBron had mended fence, but it was kind of a, a double shot at his teammates saying that they've been a lot to handle and they're not doing things the right way. Ever since that moment, it has seemed more and more like LeBron and Kyrie are on the same page. And I think that for Kyrie, he would love to go to the Lakers, play with LeBron again, do things his way, and then just naturally take over when it's time. The succession plan that was set up in Cleveland that Kyrie threw away, maybe he's interested in bringing that back in Los Angeles. That right now, to me, does feel like 
the most likely scenario. The Knicks, of course, are going to be mentioned. Here's the other one, though, to really keep in mind, uh, keep in mind because I don't think it's going to be talked about nearly enough because it doesn't make as much headlines as him to the Lakers with LeBron James or him to the Knicks with Kevin Durant. But the third one is Kyrie and Jimmy Butler going to their own team. When the... I. When the idea was that Kyrie would leave before he made that fake commitment to the Celtics preseason, the idea always was that he was going to be teaming up with Jimmy Butler. Before Jimmy Butler was traded to the Timberwolves, that was always the idea that those two would find a way to be teammates because they are two really, really, really close friends that want their own team together, that they would find a way to team up in the Eastern Conference. And I would not rule that out because there has been no type of guarantee that Jimmy Butler is going to stay with the 76ers. The two most likely destinations to me are the Brooklyn Nets or the Miami Heat. But I think that is something to keep in mind. Because this has been a situation that has had a lot of layers, but it's kind of come 360. It really has. We initially thought that Kyrie might leave. We thought that maybe he could team up with LeBron. Would he want to be in Nick? Could him and Jimmy Butler do something somewhere? And we took a long journey to get right back to this point. So as far as the Celtics' goals on court the rest of this year, I, they're, they're going to hope that they can get a first-round win, and I don't know if they can. And once that's over, Kyrie will be gone. And that will change the course of their franchise. And it will have a trickle-down effect throughout the rest of this league. And my expectations are right now that Kyrie would join the Lakers to play with LeBron. But of course, keep eyes on the situation with Durant and the Knicks. And do not forget the idea that he could team up with Jimmy Butler and they could do their own thing in a potential Brooklyn Nets or with the Miami Heat. All right, that'll do it here on The Pickup. Make sure that you guys subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it is at the Kevin Walsh. Always giving out updates and different things uh, on there. So make sure you go follow along. As I said, subscribe. Thank you guys so much for stopping by, and I'll see you next time.